Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of A Woman in AI. My name is Kim Dressendorfer. I'm the technical solution leader for all the AI topics at the MVP team in Germany. And welcome to a live broadcast for the Woman in AI series. And today, since it is a special event and since this is all live, um, I also brought a very special guest. She's the strategic program leader for Europe and she's especially taking care for all the development ecosystem missions. Let's welcome Miriam Oglesby. Thank you so much, Kim. I'm really happy to be here and I'm such a big fan of your platform, A Woman in AI and all the things you're doing. Thank you so much for what you do and for these interviews. I'm honored to be a part of it. I can't wait. And let's kick it off right away. Why don't you just tell us a little bit like who you are and what you do? So I'm Miriam, Miriam Oglesby, and I'm originally from the UK, as you might tell from my accent. I moved to Germany about six years ago to live and work here. And actually, I moved here to work for IBM. And in my current role, I am doing strategic programs. So for our developer team and hybrid cloud build team, like you said, across Europe. And our goal is to make developers' lives easier. So that's using our ecosystem as well for that. And particularly since the pandemic happened, I've seen digitalization at its best. So before Corona, we were meeting up for meetups in person with pizza and beer, having talks and hands-on workshops face-to-face. -face. And then, of course, last year, everything switched online. So I saw conferences moving to this digital platform, to digital formats, and we had to do that too. So it was a really exciting time to be part of this community and ecosystem. And yeah, I'm really happy to be here today. That's exciting. And uh, when you look like back a little bit, like when was the first touch points you kind of had with an AI and where exactly did your journey start? So it actually started a little earlier than I thought. Um, it was a little strange back then before the days of streaming, but I grew up without a TV. And because of that, I think I spent a lot more time either with my head in a book or on the computer. And I think from a very early age, I did then feel pretty comfortable on computers and in, in the tech kind of space. Um, it carried on into my first work experience. So aside from like mini jobs, I was also then in my year abroad working in the automotive industry and I landed in the IT department. And I remember then loving the new technologies and all the potential it had. We were experimenting back then with uh, RFID, so close contact uh, networks and then also with like Google Glass in the in this storage and warehouses so it was fascinating stuff and I think that's also what brought me to IBM the focus on research and innovation that's fascinating I mean like it's it's always kind of like fun to just see how everyone starts and like at the end we we never really thought we we're gonna end up here but then look at us now right and it's it's fascinating because I think that's absolutely the beauty of what we do and how we actually work because there's so many facets basically who just like what you can do at the end and I mean like looking like at whatever like all no more like what you already achieved because it is already amazing uh, what is what is something that you still think like wow that was an amazing event and I had so much fun what was one 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 of the breakthrough moments 
Uh, so personally speaking at conferences or in podcasts or in initiatives like this, that's, I love that. I love getting in contact with people. Um, I, I also am part of the Women Who Code Network here in Berlin and at work. Uh, what I'm particularly proud of this year, we launched three learning series for developers. So all free online and kind of self-paced learning journeys. So you can join them live. You can join the discussions. You can learn from IBM experts and being part of all these different sorts of initiatives and projects is, is really fun. It's hard to be honest, to single out just one. <laughs> I'm sure you have the same. Yeah. <laughs> Could not. <laughs> Could not literally filter it down. But that's so cool. Right? Come, let's come back to the woman who caught in Berlin, because I think that's something I, for example, didn't know. This is actually something that exists. So I, I was like so happy to know that this, there's, a, there's literally a community where we can go to just like figure out like what what is possible um do you want to just like tell us a little bit exactly what is like a woman who code sure so it's an international organization and the network here in berlin it's wonderful i'm honored to be part of that uh i first heard of them they were so big on the berlin meetup scene they had these events they have talk nights and hack nights or hack evenings and um the talk nights were so popular, they were always sold out. And the hack evenings are a little bit smaller, a little more intimate, and people use it to come together and work on their side projects or to code together or to help one another. And it's, it's really beautiful to see. So now it's online, we'll all jump in on a video call. And at the start, we all introduce ourselves, say, say what we're experienced in or what we're looking to work on or if we're looking for help and just this collaborative atmosphere and all coming together for one purpose it's it's amazing to be part of uh, so yeah i'm part of the hack evenings team and for the summer we thought everyone's got this zoom fatigue so we've gotten a challenge running asynchronously offline that's amazing um like let's talk about quick about the skills in, in these teams like how diverse are they so in Women Who Code, uh, in, in Berlin, we have different people joining from, actually, it's it's like at work, we have people joining from across the world. So it's no longer limited to this like geolocation. It's not just a meetup of people in Berlin. There can be people joining from across the world. And yeah, that's that's already inspiring in itself, like the diversity we have there. And uh, with regards to skills, you have everything from backend, front-end, uh, full stack, the whole mix. Um, yeah, it, it, it kind of depends. With the, with the hack evenings, we get um, a lot of people who are joining right now to work on our kata challenges. We'll do a kata challenge together and then come, come together at the end and talk through how we solved it and sort of tips and looking at how people did it in different languages it's it's fascinating wow that's probably amazing insights and probably like completely different kind of ways how people kind of solve problems i absolutely love that um let's talk a, lot, a little bit about the diverse section um because it is at the end of woman in ai so we gotta we gotta talk about that topic um how is it for you as like especially taking care of developers how diverse is it and where do you see like some of the challenges so as you know, I wrote my master's thesis on, on this topic. So I'm really passionate about diversity and inclusion. And 
the the question how how is it um with with developers it's it's a big question um but interestingly enough when when i was studying the class was 50 50 so there was a complete like split down the middle there was no sort of anything that signaled to me there's there's a problem and actually when i started at ibm i had a manager the germany general manager and our worldwide ceo all women in tech and ai so at some points it's hard or it's hard to see that there's a problem but i know society is kind of a bit slow in changing and i definitely see in other aspects of life and tech that there is still work to be done and that's why initiatives like this are, are wonderful bringing women to the forefront and making it more diverse and more of an even playing field yeah, yeah, I'm like on your side because I think we kind of spoiled when it comes to IBM because this is, it's like the, the kind of like a perfect mixture of everything. Um, I think it's more like the problem when we go to clients, sometimes you just like see a less diverse world where we kind of have to like step up. And I think in the presentation before we just had, we talked a little bit about that problem, about the bias and all that stuff. And I think... There is a change coming. And I mean, like, we both know that book, Invisible Woman, like a world designed for men. Um, I think we really tackle these questions. And um, I mean, we both had some, we like, we, every time you read it, you got to like step back sometimes because it is some, some topics where you just, it's, it's quite like, it's just challenging and saddening for women sometimes. So um, how, do you, how do you see the future going two words and what do you see like reading that book like how does that make you feel yeah so, so like you said it's it's a tough book to read and um saying that though i completely i really admire you, you you're recommending it to, to your community and i would wholly recommend it too just with the warning it's it's uh very eye-opening to see this gender data gap and it's it's everywhere you you perhaps didn't think. I mean, you've heard those examples, like if you Google developer, I did yesterday and it wasn't too bad to be honest. <laughs> but if, if you think of a doctor or if you think of an engineer, um, like typically people will think of a man. And I mean, with the German language, you've also got the whole pronouns and nouns and for professions as well. Like there's a whole way that language impacts impact society. So I, f I find that as a linguist particularly interesting. Um, and the way that things are changing, my hope is for the future that, I mean, I'm seeing lots of, lots of women uh, getting more opportunities and I'm seeing loads of initiatives like these where it's, it's really making a difference and giving people visibility and i'm really pushing i'm really pushing for more diverse representation and not just making people making teams like 50 50 but making sure that everyone can bring themselves i think so much of of the question is like polarized like okay men or women or i don't know the I think the goal should be like take indiv each individual as they are and make sure they can feel comfortable like reading about feminists and angry women as they can be interpreted that might not be moving the conversation forward enough I think really looking on the individual level could could help as well make make more progress so I'm really excited about that. <laughs> 
I love that you said that because I think it's it's obviously we have that one discussion, but it's always like you cannot just see it in, in black and white. It's like there's so many gray areas which we just have to see. And I think one of the people I'm looking at, she said like, we should have developers, like developer groups the same way how like people are walking on the street. Like the same diversity we have on the street should also be represented in all this kind of diverse um, or like in developer or like even like in every in every work, basically. It doesn't even mean like just in the AI section or on the developer side. And um, to, to make sure, I mean, like one of the topics, for example, that book is mentioning, we are, we're talking about right now, is like the, the Apple example, right? The Apple Health app, which didn't have um, the, peer, the women's period tracker on it. With the, it only came up with the latest update. So everything that it says is just like the developer team was probably not as diverse, not with any mean like an interaction or something, right? It's just like a lack of diverse where the mindsets are probably not ex like going that fine an interpretation of what a health app might be useful for. <laughs> so it's like... Yeah, I, I mean, a huge faux pas, right? Like you're missing out <laughs> half of your demographic. And I mean, I love, I love the way AI and data and tech makes my life easier. I got, a, I got a watch for Christmas and I love seeing like, okay, how much am I moving or getting reminders to move and seeing how I sleep and improving that. Um, and such such a big part of uh some some menstruating people's lives like to miss that out is yeah um i mean the the amazing thing the inspiring thing for me is femtech doesn't wait like on the market in the app stores you've got all of these other platforms and apps so there's there's one that's open source that's incredible there's there's so many and so like we we know what we want and we're going to create it <laughs> that is absolutely beautiful and with that saying said i'm going to ask you one more question we're going to before we're going to wrap it up so what is your favorite app on your phone right now <laughs> um to, to be honest since corona um i joined I downloaded Strava and I discovered half of my family in the UK were using it as like a social media platform. They're sharing photos of their runs and walks. So I was like, I'm, I'm late. <laughs> like the party's going on and I'm, I've only just turned up. So um, I really do enjoy that. And yeah, seeing how I'm discovering new bits of Berlin, which I hadn't done before. And so I'm, I'm really loving Strava at the moment. I have to download that now too. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm late to the party too, like way later than you. But with that being said, thank you so much for this interview. And we're obviously going to put all the show notes in it. And um, Miriam, you are available on Twitter and LinkedIn, I think. So please reach out to her if you have any questions. And with that being said, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you so much again. I am so honored to have you on this talk. And I'm going to give it back to the studio. <laughs> 